Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and I'm betting you are too. So why don't you get a cup of coffee, or whatever, and get comfortable while we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, and welcome to episode 78, 78, <laughs> 78H, I'm creating numbers. Welcome to episode 78, in which we review stuff. And I'm recording this on Sunday, February 12th, 2012. It's about mm, three o'clock in the afternoon, my time. It's nice to actually be recording this in an afternoon rather than late at night, which is what I've seemed to have been doing lately. So um, I wish I could say that I felt a little bit more with it today. Still not quite there, but getting there, and you'll find out more about that later. Um, but I want to start out by saying very, very, very huge thank you to everybody who is listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. I especially um, thank you for your comments. I've gotten a lot of comments. Um, I've also gotten a couple new iTunes reviews, and thank you for those as well. It's always great to get those and to read them. I know I don't respond back to iTunes reviews the way I do, generally speaking, to comments, but know that I am reading them. Um, I I always appreciate getting them, as do all of we podcasters, us podcasters, I guess, us podcasters. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for talking back. And thank you for posting your reviews. I really, really appreciate it. Um, still not digging my new intro. I'm probably going to change it up again. In fact, I'm thinking maybe I should offer a contest to my listeners for whoever wants to write me the best intro script. So if anybody feels like they want to put words in my mouth, go ahead and, and do that. And if I decide actually to... Uh, do an all-out contest, I'll figure out how that would work, and I'll give information later. But meanwhile, if you just uh, feel inspired and want to offer your own suggestions, nice ones, about how I should introduce my podcast, please feel free uh, to go ahead and, and do that. And I'm sure I could... Um I could probably shake loose some fabric out of my stash for a giveaway as as a thank you. So um, anyway, that's all very vague and nonspecific. That's kind of how I'm feeling today. Um, today's episode, I'm going to finally give some specific information about the meetup you've been hearing us talk about. I'm going to give a Sandy update. I've got a couple of books I'm going to review and some apps and then finally listener comments. But before I get into all of that, I do want to start out on a more serious note. I really want to offer my sympathies to history quilter Susan on the loss of her father just a couple of days ago. I really... Um, you know, we all feel it. And having just been there fairly recently with my mom, I, I can feel it particularly for you, Susan. So um, do take my thoughts and prayers and those of all of our listeners um, as you go through this difficult time. And also take your time to do what you need to do. We will certainly look forward to hearing your podcast again, but whenever you feel ready. So um, we're sorry, Susan, you have our sympathies. Um, on a lighter note, I do want to announce that Amy won the 2012 Quilty Resolutions giveaway. I've already exchanged emails and have her address and we'll get her stuff in the mail tomorrow. Amy, again, thank you for being patient about the delay since I was traveling um, last week and it just took me this week to kind of get everything back in order in the rest of my life. So I'm now ready to get that in the mail. So congratulations on that. And I did post on Facebook, I believe, on the Quilting for the Rest of Us Facebook page, I did post a link, I might have also put it in my blog, don't remember now, um, for the Google Doc spreadsheet that collected everybody's resolutions. So you can go there and check out your resolutions and keep yourself on track. Um, and I'm kind of toying with some ideas about how I can help keep you on track. Uh, this was a banner giveaway, by the way, other than the sewing days, the special sewing days we've done. This was the giveaway I've done with the most participation. Um, I don't remember the exact number now, but it was well up over 70. So I really enjoy the fact that everybody played along. I read everybody's resolutions. Um, some of you really inspired me as well to do um, some other new things. I haven't changed my resolutions. My resolutions themselves stay the same. But I do have some other plans for my life as well, based on what some of you folks said in your Quilty Resolutions responses. So thank you very much for that. Okay, big announcement. The Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival in Hampton, Virginia. Um, I finally, I've designated a space. Now, this is sort of a temporary meeting space. I am working on another suggestion by a listener of um, 
something I'm, I'm hoping maybe we can put into place, but I'm not sure yet. But for now, because we need to start announcing this now, there is a waterfall, an indoor waterfall at one end of the convention center for the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival. It is on the first floor. It is near the Embassy Suites end. So what we're going to do is um, meet up at that waterfall, that indoor waterfall, at about 11.30 a.m., but you can, of course, join us at every time. Once we kind of have everybody together, we'll, we're either going to just stay in that general area. We'll find a corner somewhere that we can all go off and, and hang out for a bit. Um, or we'll find another way to do this. I know it kind of breaks into our lunchtime, but I can, you know, I've been to quilt shows before. I know it's very hard to get enough space for a lot of people all in one place wherever there's food. <laughs> so, so we're going to have to do the, the waterfall thing and then we're going to kind of figure it out from there. Like I said, I'm, I'm working on maybe getting another, um, space for us to actually go to, but I want us to have somewhere we all gather first. And, um, We'll figure it out. So the waterfall at one end of the convention center, the Embassy Suites end, um, at about 11.30, and we'll hang out there for a while. So if you don't, you know, if you're in a class and you don't get there until 12, we'll probably still be there. We're going to gather everybody there. Um, and then if we have somewhere to go from there, we will. Otherwise, we'll just hang out for a while, and then we'll all disperse to go eat. I will have my microphone with me and a little bit more about why I'll have that with me in a minute. But I will have my microphone with me. I do plan to record during this meetup somehow. We will also have to figure that out based on how noisy it is where we are. Um, any other podcasters? And I know right now, here's the count of the other podcasters that we're um, up to. There's me. There is Francis from the Off Kilter Quilt. There is Pam from Hip to Be a Square. There is AJ from um, The Quilting Pot. And we just got word today that Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom is also going to be with us. Now, those are the five that I have seen confirm. Um, any other podcasters that are planning on being there, shoot me an email or, or tweet us or um, post on your own podcast. And I, I apologize if you have already said this on your own podcast. Again, for reasons which will become clear in a little bit, I am way behind in my podcast listening. So just make sure you let us know that you're going to be there as well the more the merrier. And any of our listeners who are going to be there, please let us know so that we know how to look to look out for you. But any other podcasters who are going to be there, feel free to bring your own portable microphones as you may have them. And um, we'll figure out a way that we can share whatever we record between our episodes, you know, kind of do the serial thing. Well, okay, listen to the first half of this podcast. And then a day later, you can listen to the next one. We'll do our own little podcasting mini series. That would be kind of cool. Um, so anyway, we'll figure all that out. You know, there's a lot that I'm not going to sweat until we get there, <laughs> which is working against nature. I tend to be somebody who likes to have details clarified well in advance, but you know, I'm trying to be Zen about this. This is fun. It doesn't need to all be planned out to the last little iota. Uh, so anyway, again, to recap, at the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival, February 23rd through 26th in Hampton, Virginia, uh, we will be meeting at the indoor waterfall near the Embassy Suites end of the first floor of the Convention Center main lobby at 11.30 a.m.-ish on Saturday, February 25th. Looking forward to meeting all of you. This is just going to be a hoot. I am so excited about this event. Um, another thing I'm excited about, about this event, the reason I'm going to have my microphone with me is because I've already made arrangements for an interview, which I'm very excited about. One of our listeners, Karen Lee Carter, will be teaching classes at the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival in Hampton. She's got, I think, three. I don't have the book in front of me, I'm sorry, but I think she's got three all-day classes. I am taking one of them on Friday. I will be, I hope, in her class on wildflowers, um, which is dimensional flowers and leaves. Um, the reason I'm saying I hope I'm going to be in it, I missed registration altogether, but she promised me there's still room in this class. So I'm hoping that I can just show up and be there um, and register when I get there. In any case, I'm really looking forward to taking that class. That's something I've been wanting to do with a, a while, the whole dimensional flowers on my quilts thing. So I'm really looking forward to the class, and we have made arrangements for an interview while we're down there, so um, she will be an episode after I get back. So thank you, Karen, for being willing to allow me to interview you, to impinge on your free time in that way. And uh, I'm really looking forward to taking your class um, I, it's just going to be a hoop. I'm very excited. Um, like I said, Karen is a listener. It is always fun for me to find out what our listeners do when they're not listening to podcasts. Well, 
sometimes what they're doing at the same time that they're listening to podcasts, but you know what I mean. Um, in addition to Karen's class, I am also planning on attending several lectures as well. So again, if, if you're going to be there, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to be there and you've already registered for um, some of the lectures, the, Karen's is the only class I'm taking. The rest are all just the, the uh, afternoon lectures. So if you're taking Karen's class or if you're um, registered for any of those lectures, let me know so I know to look out for you. Um, what else? Oh, another note I made to myself about the uh, quilt festivals is their fiber arts demonstrations that they have listed in their um, program book. It really looks really interesting, especially because of the nature of my sabbatical, which I'll be talking about in a minute. So I'm really looking forward to that. I've been trying to think about what is the easiest way I can make myself recognizable while I'm at um, the quilt festival, short of, you know, wearing a clown wig all weekend or something. Uh, you know, maybe I'll figure out a way to do something with my Quilting for the Rest of Us logo on a tote bag or something. I don't know. I haven't really thought that through yet, but I also don't want to walk around with a rose between my teeth. Um, <laughs> so somehow, you know, I, I've, I've not posted my picture in a lot of places. I believe it's in Big Tent. I don't remember. Um, but you know how sometimes we look like our pictures, sometimes we don't. Who's to say? Uh, but hopefully we'll all be able to track each other down. So that's, um, a, I think that's everything about the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival. Uh, the rest of my life, Sandy update. As of about 5.30ish this past Friday, I am currently on sabbatical. Um, I mentioned my sabbatical in a blog post. I think I've referenced it in past episodes. I don't really remember how much detail I've gone into, but that's okay. Um, I actually, <laughs> the kind of funny thing is, I went on sabbatical and immediately stopped sleeping. I don't know what my issue is. The last couple of nights I've had really bad insomnia, um, which is why I mentioned earlier in this uh, episode that I am really kind of a little out of it today, and that's because I've just not been sleeping. You would think, you know, here I am on sabbatical. I'm not going to be working my regular job for three months. Oh, I should be all sorts of relaxed, but I'm really not. For some reason, I like super stressed the minute that happened. Um, it, it could be that this is sort of the process my body needs to go through to release stress. Because here's the thing about, as you know, any of you, well, any family life, any work life, when you're going to be out of town, like if you're going on vacation, it's a heck of a lot of work to get to the point where you can go out of town. You know, there's just so much you got to get done. And when you're not going to be working your job for 12 weeks, you need to work your tail off for the several weeks leading up to that, doing three months of your job on top of your regular job <laughs> so that everything's all set for you to go, um, which I've done. You know, I, I got everything squared away. There's only a couple of things that um, last little details that other people have to take care of for me. Otherwise, I got everything that I would normally get done by May done by <laughs> the beginning of February. So I've been freaking busy the last several weeks and really stressed about getting it all done. And this could be the fact that I suddenly hit insomnia these last couple of nights could be just sort of my body saying, OK, we had all the stress stored up. We just need to get rid of it now. Give us a few days. <laughs> so I don't know if that's it. It could also be that I know what an incredible incredible privilege. What an incredible privilege having a sabbatical is. And I think knowing me and my personality, there's probably a bit of a dose of guilt along with that, that, you know, part of me feels like, why do I have this? And so many other people don't. Um, so I'm kind of working through that a little bit. And my basic personality is just to overschedule myself. You know, whenever I have free time, I always make too long of a list of what I expect to get done in that amount of time. I always commit to too many things. You know, that's a real struggle for me. And I'm finding myself doing it again and having to be really conscientious about uh, kind of ratcheting it down for what I expect to get done on sabbatical. And so I think that's also why I have woken up both mornings with my teeth just clenched and my jaw aching <laughs> and all sorts of stuff going on. I'll work through this eventually. You know, it'll go away and I'll be able to get into a schedule. Um, a, a little bit more about my sabbatical. I did post a link on my regular blog about the um, blog I've set up specific to my sabbatical. And that one is called Fabra Sabbatical. Um, and it's at WordPress. And so I will, again, in the show notes of this episode, I'll post that link. Um, you may also be interested, a couple of the other blogs I do for work, you may find somewhat useful and or interesting. Um, for work, I also do two blogs. One is called Sandy's Tech Tips. And that one is using um, technology, social networking, um, software, mostly social networking, a lot of stuff about email and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
blogs, etc. Also, uh, software reviews, app reviews, um, a lot about internet safety and that kind of thing. Because the organization I work for, um, it's a women's ministries organization. It has a significant population of older women who are working hard to learn about computers. And so one of the things I do for my board, um, we are run by a national board of about 50 members all together. <laughs> and um, a lot of the members of the board, you know, we, we need to really help them learn technology in order for them to be able to really effectively function in their, their particular board roles. So I do a lot of tech training um, at a board level and decided to just kind of spill that over into a blog. So if you want to learn a little bit more about um, various technology things, you may want to follow the Sandy's Tech Tips blog. And then um, I've mentioned on this podcast before that we have a uh, a podcast for work in their shoes, women walking with women worldwide. One of the things we just started in the last month was a blog related to that podcast. So it's called in their shoes blog. And um, that blog, both the tech tips and the pocket and the in their shoes blog will continue through my sabbatical because of the wonders of technology. That was one of those things I was writing like a mad woman all the way during um, January to get enough blog entries posted and scheduled out so that they would be able to keep going live while I was gone. Um, so those will continue. And I will post links to both of those blogs in the show notes of this episode if you're interested. Other than that, you know, my daily schedule, I am somebody that works better if I have a schedule. That doesn't mean I can't throw a schedule out the window if I want to, but I really prefer to kind of have an idea of how my day is going to flow. So my sabbatical schedule, I'm going to be going to the gym every morning. Usually during when I'm working, I go in the afternoon, but that means a lot of times it gets skipped. If I end up working late or if I end up with meetings in the evening or whatever. So just during the 12 weeks of my sabbatical, I'm going to be going in the morning instead. Um, I'm going to have an, sort of an educational segment. I've got a lot of professional reading and study I need to do for my sabbatical. That's the purpose of a sabbatical. Um, I'm also going to be doing a lot of work on quilt design, which is actually part of the purpose of my sabbatical as well. Um, I've got, if, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the Great Courses program. There are a series of DVDs or audio, you can get them either way, that are done by college professors from a variety of um, universities around the U.S., and on a wide variety of topics. And our family, well, my sisters and I are big fans of the Great Courses series. And so um, we sometimes trade off with each other. And I've got a stack of those videos <laughs> in my family room. And, and I really want to start working my way through them. Each lecture is a half hour, but depending on the topic, there may be 12 lectures in a series. There may be 24. There may be some more. I don't even know what all I've got down there and I need to get them back to my sisters. Um, so that's one of the things I'm going to be doing um, probably just about every day as well, is watching one of those great courses, um, lecture series. And if you're interested, just Google great courses series. You'll find the thing. I'm not going to bother posting a link to the episode uh, in, this, in the show notes of this episode. Um, but then my afternoons, for the most part, are going to be spent quilting. And I've got a variety of different types of quilting I'm going to be doing, some directly related to my sabbatical, others just quilt making of my own. Um, I am doing a lot of volunteer work, again, related to the topic of my sabbatical. Um, we just decided on Wednesday afternoons, we are going to be trying, a friend of mine and I are going to be working with a women's group, um, a group of women originally from Burma, now living in my city, a variety of ethnic groups and languages therein. Um, and we're going to be doing English lessons as well as probably cooking classes and then um, just basic life skills. Our first session is going to be this week, I hope. We're trying to pull it off. And, um, you know, we're just going to sit down and ask them, okay, what is it you feel the most need to learn? And then we're going to try to teach it that way. And I'm hoping through that group I will be able to learn some traditional Korean embroidery if that works out. On Thursdays, I'm going to be spending the day um, volunteering in a community center with a uh, a program for elders from the Somali, Somali community, Somalian women. Um, I'll probably be volunteering with a group that's mixed gender, women and men, but I'm hoping particularly to focus with the women and we'll be learning embroidery, traditional Somalian embroidery from those women. Um, while I'm teaching English classes, I might be teaching some basic computer skills etc. And then also on Thursdays, I'll then be going to another community center where I will be tutoring a young man um, 
from the Karini ethnic group in Burma who were really working hard to keep him in high school. Right now he doesn't see the purpose of high school. He wants to quit and get a job so he think, you know, he can support his family, but we're trying to help him understand he can eventually get a much better job if he gets a high school degree. So I'm going to be working on tutoring him in some of his classes and mostly just trying to kind of mentor for those two, three months as best I can to hopefully help him see a different point of view. Um, and then I do also have some travel schedule, although I'm still working out some of those details, but I'll talk about the travel as it comes up over the next few months. Um, my husband sent me his travel schedule for the next few months, and as it turns out, he's going to be gone a fair amount, so I'm going to have a fair amount of very long days with no one else's schedule to worry about. So I am hoping to get a, a lot of uh, quilt making done. Today, unexpectedly, I have a snow day. <laughs> So I am catching up on my quilting life. Originally, this weekend was going to be just book solid. We Yesterday, we had a very nice time. We went on a wine tasting tour down in um, the Finger Lakes with another couple that are friends of ours. We do this with this couple every year, but we go at different times of year. This is the first time we've done the February one. And it's a it's always a wine and food pairing of some sort. And this year, the theme was wine and cheese. So it was each winery has some little dish that you can try, and it's just very small bite, you know, that you get at each place. But then they pair a particular wine with it, and then you can do wine tastings of what other wines the um, vineyard offers. And then, of course, they hope you'll buy. Um, and we just have such a nice time with this other couple. But wouldn't you know, here we've had an entire winter with no snow and, you know, as often as not, 50, 60 degree temperatures every day. And yesterday it decided to be winter. So here we are driving around um, the southern tier in the, the Finger Lakes and uh, very hilly, narrow roads in some cases, and it is snowing like the Dickens. Fortunately, the other couple drove this time. We swap off who drives and, it drives, and they have a you know very hefty SUV, so we really didn't have any problems um, and were able to get home you know fine. And then uh, today, this morning, we were going to be going to church, and then um, going over to my in-laws for dinner, and wouldn't you know, overnight we got socked in just a ton of snow, and um, we can't make it out of our driveway, or we couldn't this morning, so we ended up not going to church, and my mother-in-law called and said they had too much snow, they didn't want to have us all have to go over there, so they canceled um, dinner, so we ended up with the whole day unexpectedly open. So I am catching up on my quilting life. I spent a lot of time this morning kind of going through emails, um, finding some emails from a long time ago that I never responded to, for which I apologize, and I'm going to be in touch with some of you fairly soon. Um, and I'm going to be doing some blogging later and, of course, today's podcast. So I did declare just impulsively, just for fun, that um, today is a snow day. So in hashtag SDSI. So if you're on Twitter, you can um, join in with that and just post your own snowing exploits, uh, snowing, <laughs> your own quilting exploits of the day. Hashtag SD as in day SI. Uh, no giveaways or anything. It's just a way for us to be in touch with each other. So that's all that is. And then after I post this podcast, off to sewing. Well, actually, if truth be told, off to cleaning off my sewing-related surfaces and then sewing. Um, like I said, I've been so busy these last few weeks, and I was out of town for work last weekend, uh, which is why I didn't end up being able to post, because I'd just been working mad hours out of town, trying to kind of get everything ready. So I haven't podcasted, haven't really blogged, haven't gotten a lot done. And when that happens, my sewing surfaces tend to collect junk. You know, I walk by, I stack something. I walk by, I stack something else. So i got some cleaning to do before I can start any quilting whatsoever. Um, so that's the Sandy update. I've got some a uh, couple of book reviews I want to share with you. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about apps. Okay, the first review we're talking about is a book I got out of the library several weeks ago, and I unfortunately have already given it back, so I don't have it in front of me for reference. I did take a few notes. Um, the book was Country Threads Goes to Charm School, and that was published by That Patchwork Place in 2010, so it's a pretty recent book. It's by Mary Etherington and Connie, no idea how to pronounce this, Tesene, T-E-S-E-N-E, um, from the Country Threads quilt shop. And I actually, I really liked this book. It's uh, 19 quilts from five inch squares. They're mostly really, well, they're probably all really cute projects. Some just appealed to me more than others. And drum roll, please, most only require a single charm pack. You know that um, one of my pet peeves is, is books that require multiple charm packs when I don't have multiple of the same um, design in my stash at all times. Um, 
in any case, uh, the this one, most of the projects really are only a single charm pack, and then other fabrics are included, backgrounds, borders, and etc. It includes wall hangings and table toppers. Some are baby quilt sized. It does have, you know, in the, the photos themselves does show a wide range of fabric choices, country traditional to 30s to modern. Um, mostly, I really didn't feel like I was looking at the same old, same old. You know, I, I get kind of tired of seeing all these same designs um, over and over and over again. I have mentioned before some of my favorites. I still stick by my favorites, but I do also like this book. I would not be surprised if I don't end up buying it at some point. Some of the designs were a little bit familiar. Others really felt kind of new and fresh to me. Some were pretty simple. Some were more complex. So it really kind of had a little bit for everybody. Um, I really liked the fact that every pattern included a sidebar for what you needed to cut if you didn't actually have a charm pack. Uh, so again, for those of us who really just don't enjoy doing math, it kind of does the math for you, which is helpful. It also describes the number of different fabrics, the quantity of each, if you want the same variety as shown in whatever the sample quilt is for the design. Now, obviously, again, you can modify them as you please, but it makes it easier for you to do your own modifications if you wanted to. Um, I really probably think I, I could see myself buying this book, although I am really trying to not buy new books <laughs> as much as possible um, for the next couple of months. There is also now a sequel that I saw on Amazon called Back to Charm School. I don't own that book yet. So if any of you own either of these books, either Country Threads Goes to Charm School or Back to Charm School, and you'd like to... um chime in with your own two cents, please feel free to leave your comments on the podcast to this episode. Again, that's Country Threads go to Char Goes to Charm School, Mary Etherington and Connie something that starts with a T, T-E-S-E-N-E, -E, published by That Patchwork Place at 2010. The second book I want to review is Ruth McDowell's Piecing Workshop, and this is CNT Publishing, published in 2007. This was another one I got from the library, but then I did end up buying it because I just fell in love with it when I saw it. This is not a beginner's book. It assumes you already know about piecing and accurate seams and that you've done a few quilts. That doesn't mean that, you know, if you're a beginner, you couldn't um, do this quilt. You just wouldn't start out with this quilt. Um, it's generally, it is for more complex piecing. It's also really for your own design quilts, um, not standard blocks, but if you're doing pictorial or landscape quilts, art quilts, that kind of thing, anything where you need non-traditional piecing methods, this is the book you want to have. It's got step-by-step -step instructions. Um, it create, it addresses things like creating a design plane for, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not speaking well now. Um, it addresses creating a design plan for yourself with fabric placement and so forth. You know, how to go from, it, it doesn't go into specifically how to go from picture to design. There's other books that do that, but it does talk about how to draw out that design. Um, and how to kind of use the, the tick marks there to um, mark which piece is supposed to go next to which other piece and that kind of thing. It addresses creating and sewing with freezer paper templates and some great tips there. Planning your sewing order. In other words, once you've got the, this design, what order do you piece your pieces in? Um, breaking a complex design into manageable sections. It covers all types of seams, straight seams, Y seams, and Y seams. There's really two different kinds of Y seams. There's one that she refers to as the lowercase Y, and one that's the uppercase Y, and she shows pictures as to which those are. And I'm sure if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, if you just Google lowercase y seams and uppercase y seams, you'll probably find pictures. I have not tested that to see if you would, but I imagine you would. Um, the book also covers inset corners, linear elements, curved seams of a variety of types. In other words, an S seam or a U seam, you know, and, and those kinds of things. Inset patches. So if you've got... Um, something that you want to inset into something that's already completely pieced around it. She shows how to do that. Um, she talks about puzzle piecing, what she refers to as puzzle piecing, figuring out how to shift seams in order to simplify the piecing or using partial seams and that kind of thing. Um, and it's not only really clear step-by-step -step instructions, but she goes into each one of these types of piecing with ideas of when you might want to use certain types of seams. And she uses images from her own quilts to show, you know, I used this kind of seam here because it's really, really comprehensive. But even in as comprehensive as it is, it's very easy to absorb. Um, 
it's not a book you could necessarily sit down and just read through in one take and off and running you go. It's something you're going to need to kind of work through, but it's really a fantastic resource. If you're at a point where you want to be designing your own quilts that are a little bit more complex, that don't just rely on the, the traditional or the modern quilt blocks, any, you know, quilt blocks themselves. This is stuff where you've got kind of an overall image working in your quilt and you're trying to figure out how to make this flower, for example. Um, it's really a fantastic resource for that. It does have two projects with included patterns that are there specifically so you can practice some of these techniques, but it is not a pattern book. If you want just a, a pattern that you can then rec replicate and do, you're only going to get two of them in this book. Um, you find more of that in other places. What you will find here is the technique to create your own designs um, or how to piece your own designs really. Um, again, it's not really a design book. It's certainly not a pattern book. It's a technique book. Um, I haven't actually used it. You know, I haven't taken it for a test drive. I haven't tried to do anything based on it yet, but it reads really well. When I sit and read through the step-by-step -step instructions, they seem very clear. They're very straightforward. There are a ton of pictures. And I'm really looking forward to, at some point, trying a small project of my own um, design to test it out. I have wanted to get into making quilts from pictures, and I know there's books out there that tell you how to do that. Um, this had a little bit more of what I've been specifically imagining in my head as I've kind of, um, you know, played with designs in my head. It's, it's an excellent book. I'd really highly re recommend it if this is the stage in your quilting that you're at. Again, not a beginner's book, not a pattern book. Um, not a design principles book. It is a technique book. And that is, again, Ruth McDowell's Piecing Workshop, CNT Publishing 2007. Um, I'm going to throw in just a third book review here because it's not really a review. It's just letting you know that there's this really, really cute book out there. It's Barbara Brackman, who I've talked about before, a huge fan of Barbara Brackman. She put out a little book called A Book of the Saints for Quilters. And it's available on blurb.com, which is a print-on-demand site. Um, this is this is a really cute little book. She has created images that are sort of um, playing on the traditional iconography of the ancient church. And she has gone through um, all the saints in the Catholic tradition, and she has found some that are related in some way to sewing, fabric, textiles. Some of them are, um, you know, really clear connections. Other ones are really entertaining <laughs> connections, how she applies some of these saints to um, quilting, and then she lists them by their saints day. And I'm personally not Catholic, um, but I, I did find, I've, I've always enjoyed reading saints stories, and I find this particular book very entertaining. I do plan on celebrating some of those saints days with some quilty fun. Now, the book itself it's not cheap. So, you know, don't go online and then yell at me because I'm recommending this expensive book. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy this. I'm just saying if you're willing to pay the money for this, it's really cute and very entertaining. Any print-on-demand book is not going to be cheap because you're just ordering one at a time. They're not printing in volume. Um, but I do keep pulling this book out and looking at the pictures again. And so I, I think of it as, you know, I'm either going to go to a movie, go to a couple of movies, you know, and yeah... I'll watch them in the movie theater and then forget about them a week later. Or I've got this book that I'm going to keep pulling off my shelf because I find it so entertaining. It's really, really cute. So again, that's Barbara Brackman, A Book of the Saints for Quilters, and it's on blurb.com. If I can, I will put a link to it on the show notes. It kind of depends on how much time I take to do this today. If not, you can just Google the title of the book. Um, it, it's really cute. Now, let's talk about apps. A couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, maybe even a couple of months ago, I'm losing track of time, I did post the question on Big Tent and Facebook um, that I had gotten an iPad for Christmas and was just curious uh, what quilt apps out there people had on their smartphones or iPads or whatever. Um, this is not software. This is not stuff that's available for the computer. These are definitely apps for um, iPod, iPad. I did not check on this to see what, what was available for Droid. Um, I do have a Droid phone. I just don't have those kinds of apps on it. Um, my Droid I use for other, you know, my phone apps. I've got other kinds of apps on there. But my iPad, I did load a ton of um, quilt apps on there. And then I did post the question to Facebook and um, Big Tent. And so I'm going to share that with you now. I'm not going to spend a ton of time reviewing all of these because I know not everybody has iProducts as they were. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you want to just kind of skip to the end at this point, you can, although I am still doing listener comments, so I wouldn't just shut off now and delete the rest of the podcast. You can just kind of fast forward, scrub through this part. 
Um, now, just a note, when I refer to iPod, I mean iPod Touch, iPhone, any of those smaller screen iProducts that use apps. And some of these apps I have prices for, not all of them, because some of them I've owned for a while, and I just didn't want to take too much time. I really want to get to sewing today, <laughs> so I really didn't want to spend any more time than I really already had put into putting together this episode. So I don't have prices for all of them, but you know, most of these apps are, you know, a dollar ninety nine tops. A couple of them are four ninety nine, but most of them are in the ninety nine cent or free stage. And like I said, I didn't also check what was available on Droid. So if any of you um, Droid folks out there want to post comments to the show notes of this episode about Quilt apps that you use, um, if there are any out there, then please feel free to, to share the wealth. Let us all know about it. Um, in Facebook, a few people did respond, and um, Gretchen recommended Project Quilt. And she says it's the app that she would uh, use the most for design, uh, for quilt planning and shopping use. It costs $2.99. She finds the user interface a little less intuitive than she was hoping for, but it seems to work. And I come back and I'll talk about um, Project Quilt a little bit as well. Uh, Lynn commented, oh, she just said she has the same question since she also got an iPad for Christmas. So Lynn, listen up, you'll get some great ideas here. Um, <laughs> Susan posted, I am behind the time sitting here planning a quilt on a notebook with a pen, but I am on my nook. I'll catch up and love hearing what other people are doing. So, um, Susan, more power to you because when, um, you know, all the internet explodes, you'll still be designing quilts. <laughs> and, uh, Joyce says, I love quilt index, lots of historical information and pictures of older quilts. And I do also reference quilt index later. Big tent. DDR Quilter said she is a brand new, brand new iPad user as well. She already loves BlockFab HD, Quilt Shops, Quilt Ref, and Quilt Fab, which are all free. Others are Quilt Calc, Thread Selector, How Much Thread Do You Need, and Orifil. Um, and I refer to those later, so I'm, she left some other comments. She does say they w could be useful. Those are also all free. Um, she hasn't looked at, at paid apps yet. Um, oh, that's Diane from California, and she was heading off at the time to road to California. So, um, Diane, you got to let us know how you had, what kind of, I'm sorry, you got to just let us know what your experience at road to California was. I got myself all mixed up between saying, you got to tell us you had a good time, let us know what kind of time you had. I Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. So Excited Quilt says, um, I recently downloaded the Robert Kaufman Quilting Calculator. Um, and I haven't, and while I haven't had a chance to use it, I've looked at it in detail and it looks awesome. I tend to figure out how much fabric I need and I, and how I will cut it using graph paper. So she's really excited by this. She also has the quilt shop on her phone. Um, and she uses EQ7. Oh, in software. Yes, I had also asked about software. Um, but I decided ultimately I wasn't going to deal with software in this episode because I already had too much. So on my iPad, what do I have? I pretty much found just about everything, and now I'm actually going to go back in and take some of it off now that I'm done playing around with it. The, the main thing I use for quilting on my iPad is actually Twitter. <laughs> I do. We, we chat a lot about quilting in Twitter. I also, of course, use Flickr as inspiration. Um, now, the apps I use, Quilt Ref, uh, other folks had already mentioned, it's a reference tool. I couldn't find it in the App Store when I made a quick check for it just now. Um, it is made for iPod, iPhone, not iPad. You can use it on the iPad. It's just small and you have to um, make it bigger, which then pixelates it a little bit. So you're going to hear me say a lot of these are made for iPhone or iPod. Um, all that means is you can also have them on your iPad, but they're just going to be that smaller screen. Then you can double the size, but they're not going to be as pretty an image. Um, some that are made specifically for iPad have a much better interface. Uh, so back to Quilt Ref. It is a basic reference for measuring um, setting triangles, converting from inches to yards to centimeters, which would be really useful if those of us here that are using, I think we're called imperial measurements, you know, with the foot inches yards, that kind of thing. If we're using books that come from metric countries, this would be a helpful little app to have. It also has a conversion chart for how many inches are in a particular yardage. So in other words, a chart that says one eighth of a yard equals 4.5 inches, a quarter of a yard equals nine inches, etc. It does have a reference chart for the size of mattresses with info about what that measurement includes, how much of a drop, etc. However, whenever I see these charts, I always wonder how modern the charts are because older standard mattresses are smaller than what most 
standard mattresses are today, I think. Um, I know I've got one of those very high mattresses. You know, with the, it's not specifically a pillow top, but it's got that extra couple of inches on the top of it. And the box spring is bigger than what the standard used to be. Um, and in fact, I bought a store-bought quilt late, recently. That's a long story I'm not going to go into here. Um, but I have a queen bed and I ended up buying the king and it fits it perfectly. So be be aware when you are using those mattress charts that you need to kind of know, are we talking kind of the old style standard mattress or are we talking the newer mattresses that often have extra, several extra inches to them? Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, quilt reference also has part of it has a picture showing what stitches look like when they are so many to an inch. In other words, 12 stitches to an inch, 8 stitches to an inch when you're hand quilting. Um, I've had this app for a while. I don't think I've ever actually used it, so I'm probably going to pull it back off, but that's because I have other reference tools I use. Um, you know, other folks could find it very helpful. All right, there's an app called Easy Stitch. This one is $2.99, also made for iPod. It covers crochet, embroidery, and knitting. So those of you who are crocheters and knitters might find this very helpful. Um, I am keeping this on my iPad, mostly because I already paid $2.99 for it. Um, I'm less likely to delete those <laughs> slightly more pricier apps, but I will find the embroidery part helpful. For each of those three categories, crochet, embroidery, and knitting, it lists tools and supplies. It has how-tos in all cases with images. With the crochet and knitting categories, it does also have videos available. Um, so that's, you know, a very helpful little app. Easy Quilt is along the same lines, also $2.99, um, also done for iPod. This is a basic quilt instructional reference. It does have tools and supplies, blocks and design. Um, it's got this whole section called Getting Started, which talks you through choosing a pattern, selecting fabric, cutting, piecing, borders, quilting, etc. There really are not nearly enough images in there, to my, for my opinion, although it does have how-to videos and it does have a helpful little glossary. So this might be good if you're just starting out and you want to have a really quick reference without having to run to your computer or start buying books, but it it didn't it doesn't entirely flip my switch even though it was 2.99 at some point I might pull it back off my iPad so I have room for other resources. Now, Project Quilt, we have already had referenced um this one is also made for iPod and not iPad, to the best of my knowledge. I don't think I found it. I know on my iPad, it's the iPod version. This is, um, you know, much like the website seemed up. This is an app to organize your projects. You put in your title, a description, a picture, who you intend it for, what you're going to want to use it for, start date, finish date, all sorts of dimensions, that kind of thing. And then you can list what you're using in it, what fabric you need, um, what needles, ribbons, embellishments, that kind of thing, threads. Um, you can then send yourself a report or look at a report quickly, a one-page glance of everything, and it creates a shopping list of what you need to buy. Um, this would be a very helpful app if I ever took the time to actually use it. <laughs> I tend to be like, oh man, it takes me so long to input all of this information about my projects, I'd rather be sewing. You know, so I, this is not something I use, but I've heard a lot of people love it. So, you know, I would, if you are looking for some way to really organize all of your projects in one place, you're going to want to check this one out. All right, here's a couple I ran across I don't actually own, so I can't speak to them at all. There's one called Quilt Helper, which is $1.99, made for iPod. It has um, a lot of measurements and, and reference. Again, it's got the bed sizes in there, square and triangle calculation, fraction to decimal calculation, and a chart that goes back bias measurements, and all sorts of things. So again, this is a more of a reference tool than an instructional tool. So if you're just, you know, if you're standing in a quilt shop and you want to figure out, oh, okay, I, I want to make a queen bed, so here's the standard size. If you're using a standard mattress, you know, add a few inches if you've got the taller mattress, etc. Um, there was another one that I don't own that I ran across, and this one is called Quilting for Everyone. And this one's more pricey. It's $4.99, but it is chock full of instructional videos. Um, for me, I find them on YouTube <laughs> if I want to find them. But if you're traveling a lot and you want something that's very easily portable that you want to be able to watch on the road, you may want to check this one out. Again, that one's called Quilting for Everyone. Uh, Quilt Envy, I think we've already had mentioned, and I am a big fan of this one. This one was all of 99 cents. It is made for iPod. I wish they would do one for iPad, so you'd you know, get prettier pictures basically on the iPad. This is all just images of quilts and you can create a slideshow from it. 
um, or it is a slideshow. So this is just a few, you know, want a little eye candy. There you go. The Aurafill app, um, mine is for iPad. I don't remember if there was one, a separate one available for iPod, so whether it was designed for both. This is really just a marketing tool for Aurafill, which is fine. It's a list of available Aurafill threads, designers, where you can buy the threads. It has some videos included with Aurafill designers talking about Aurafill. I might wish that it had more about projects. You know, hey, here's a project we did using this thread. You know, so it would just feel a little bit more, a little less like just, a, you know, I don't know. I, I I am a huge fan of Aurafil Thread, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time. I really thought they could have played a little bit more with the app and done a little bit more useful with it um, while still being a marketing tool. All right. The next app I, I do not recommend at all. If you see one called either Quilting or Quilting Revealed 101 Beginner's Guide to Quilting, it is exactly the same app. It shows up both ways. Um, it's either iPhone or iPad. I think it's 99 cents. It is an ebook and it's a short one at that. It's text that you scroll down. It may be very informative, but it's very difficult to read. You can't expand the size and it's a very small font on my iPad. Um, it's really not formatted. The iPad version does not take any advantage whatsoever of the iPad features. It includes history of quilting in Hawaii, UK, South Africa, Australia, and US. It does have technical bit, bits, what a quilt is, different types of quilting, etc. Quilt styles of decorating, unique and important quilts around the world, and births, marriages, and deaths. Who knows what that means? I think it's probably quilts created for particular events. But you know what? You can get all this information in a much better format in other places. I really don't see the point of that app. So sorry if the designer of that app is listening to this podcast. I just didn't get it. Um, and that one's definitely going to get pulled off my iPad. It's just not worth the time. My Inventory, this one is an iPod app. Um, I talked about this one on a previous episode ooh, a while back, I think over the summer, so I'm not going to cover it again here in length. This is the one that was recommended by my guild friend Jan, and it's a way to track inventory, such as rulers and the like. But what's most helpful about this app probably is it has an intersect with eBay. So if you've got things that you might want to sell, this would probably be very useful because you enter them all into here and then you can just shoot it straight to eBay and that becomes part of the description or something along those lines. So that's a, a helpful um, app that you might want to check out. Infinite Variety. Oh, this one is a favorite. This one's just gorgeous. I've got it on my iPad. It may also be available for iPod, but I don't know why you'd want the little screen for this one. <laughs> Although if you don't have an iPad, go for it. it it's a huge huge program. It took a long time to download, so do be prepared to wait, but it is wait the worth. It is wait the worth. It is worth the wait. Um, this is an image and audio tour of the Infinite Variety Show that was sponsored by the American Folk Art Museum in New York City. That's the one that was all red and white quilts and was hung on all sorts of levels, so it just filled up the space. The um, The app takes you through so you can see each individual quilt. And you can see them fairly up close. You can even zoom in closer on them. Of course, the more you zoom, the more pixelated it gets. But it, it holds its image pretty well. So you can really get in and you can see the quilting on some of these. It is just a gorgeous app. So I really highly recommend this one. I'm sorry I didn't write down if there was a cost to it. But if there was, it's worth it. <laughs> I would just say right there. Um, Jay of Art Quilt Maker is the one that recommended this one to me, and, and I heartily concur. This one is absolutely gorgeous. If you get no other apps, get this one. Infinite Variety. Uh, the Thread Selector app, which we had already mentioned, is by Su Superior Threads. This one is also iPod or iPad. Um, it has a wizard for for selecting thread to, for particular uses, and then those links go straight take you straight to the superior website store, so you can buy whatever it is you just selected. You know, it's got limited usefulness. It actually does have more usefulness than the Orifil Thread um, app, because you can go straight to the the website to buy that thread. And Superior Thread is very good as well. Um, I just happen to be an Orifil girl. So, you know, that's another one that you may want to look into. In terms of its more general usefulness is it does give you an idea of the wide variety of threads that are out there. So again, if you're just starting out and you're just using the same thread for everything, you might want to check out this app so you can see, oh, gosh, there's threads for bobbins, there's threads for hand applique, there's threads for machine applique. Get a sense of, you know, the huge variety of threads that there are and what might make them better for um, certain applications. 
The Quilt Shops app is by Quilters Club of America. Um, on the iPad, this does actually use your location to tell you where the quilt stores are near you. Um, I don't know whether the iPhone, I don't have it on my um, iPod, so I don't know. Uh, so, you know, maybe one app does and one app doesn't, but the iPad app does actually use your location. You've got to give it permission to do that. But then you can search for where the quilt stores are near you. It is not 100% accurate. And I do wonder how it finds some stores. For example, when I look for quilt stores near my home, it listed one that I had never heard of before. And I was like, really? That's, you know, I didn't know there's a quilt store there. And when I looked it up, um, it's actually not a quilt shop at all. It's the, the name of the store is Scrap Smart. But <laughs> what it is, is clip art images for download. So I think the word scrap maybe made it show up. Now in its list of clip art images, there are some sewing related images, but you know, that's just a tiny little bit. It is not actually a quilt shop. So that's where, you know, you, you're going to have to still do your homework, even though it tells you there's a shop there, go to the website, make sure the shop actually exists one, because it's hard, you know, quilt shops go in and out of business. The app may not have completely updated, um, but also make sure it's really a quilt shop. Uh, but this is a great one for traveling. It at least gives you a place to start, at least gives you somewhere to start looking up. Okay, another app is called Fab Stash XL. This is another organizational tool. It lists fabrics. In it, you list your fabrics and how much you have, um, other types of material. You can sort fabric by projects, compare images of fabric side by side. The user interface isn't the cleanest I've seen. And again, I don't, when I know I've got to buy fabric, I will jot myself some hand notes really fast and just go to the store that way. Um, I still find that faster than going in and, you know, finding a stash a stash app and trying to fill it all in. Um, so for me, this one isn't particularly useful. If you've been just tearing your hair out over trying to keep your stash organized, you might want to check this one out. Block Fab, also mentioned by somebody previously. This has got a really nice index of quilt blocks. Um, I have not explored the index thoroughly. They are primarily traditional, um, but there's a very nice index in there. You can then play with layouts and colorways and all that kind of thing. If you're creating a quilt using a certain block, you can put in how many of that block you need. Um, if it's in their database, the finished block size, determine your color placement, and then it'll calculate for you how many strips of what size you need to get X number of pieces out. Um, you know, this is sort of like a really stripped down version of EQ7. So for me, I'm not changing over to this directly from EQ7. I'm going to keep using EQ7, but this would be a nice, you know, spur of the moment kind of thing to, to check really quick. Uh, Quilt Index also already mentioned this is a 99 cent app. Um, it's on iPod. They do not have an iPad version. I would love it if they did because the quilts would look that much better. This is the app for the Quilt Index, which is the online repository of quilts, quilt makers, and quilt making, um, a joint project of the Alliance for American Quilts and Michigan State University. Um, that's off their website. I love Quilt Index. I subscribe to their um, blog feed as well. And it's uh, this app is just a daily quilt image with a qu brief description. So it's just, it's pure eye candy. It's really pretty. Um, highly recommended. Now here is my absolute favorite one, palettes. I love this one. This is on the iPad. This is the main reason I wanted an iPad. And it was the first app I put on my iPad when I got it. In short, this one, you play with color palettes. You can choose a color. You get several selections of color palettes based on that color. Um, and even more fun, you can put a photo into it and it will pull the palette from that photo. Uh, listener Nancy and I had great fun one afternoon emailing palettes back and forth to each other based on photos that we we're playing with. Um, it's an excellent educational tool in learning to recognize color, uh, especially in imported photos. A lot of times the colors in the palette that it pulled out weren't what I would have said were in the photo. But then when I really looked at the photo, yeah, there they were. So it teaches you how to even look at color differently. And then, of course, you can do quilts inspired by photos and so forth. The app itself can be a little bit buggy, but I would definitely still say it's worth it. And Nancy did figure out a way to import the palettes into EQ7, although she admits it's a clunky process. Um, so Nancy, if you could post a comment to this episode with how you figured out how to do that, that would be very helpful. Um, this one was, I think there was a free trial version and then there's a full out version. I did not write down how much it was. And unfortunately, now when I go into the App Store for my iPad to look at it, it just says, oh, you've already got this installed, so I can't see the price. Um, so you're going to have to check that out. I do remember it was not cheap. 
but for me it's worth it. I have spent more time playing with this app and I can't wait to really get to the point where I'm ready to design a quilt based on the colors in it. So that one I would highly, highly, highly recommend. And again, it's called Palettes and that's spelled P-A-L-E-T-T-E-S. Okay, this episode is getting a little bit on the long side for what I tend to like to do, but I'm going to just keep on plowing right through. Um, I will list all of those apps on uh, the names of all the apps I just said on the show notes of this episode, but I'm not going to have links because you just go into the app store and find them. Um, Listener comments. I've, you know, I've got a buildup of listener comments because it's been a few weeks since I've podcasted. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you again to everybody who commented. Um, I'm not going to take the time here to thank everybody but name by name, but do know that I have read each and every one of your comments probably even two or three times, and I really, really appreciate them. You, you all teach me stuff. I've got some great ideas from some of what you have said, too. There are a few that I do want to highlight. Um, I got a very nice email from new listener, Liz, and we all give a big woohoo for new listeners, so on the count of three, one, two, three, Woohoo! Um, Liz is getting her quilting mojo back, and she is in for the slow quilt movement, so welcome, Liz, and glad to have you back. Um, she sent me gorgeous pictures of quilts that she's currently working on. Thank you, thank you, Liz, and we all know I love pictures, so keep them coming. Um, again, if you've got a Flickr account, if you don't, you should. If you do, join the Quilting for the Rest of Us group, and you can post pictures of quilts there. Lots of people like the great philosopher, Winnie the Pooh. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, just check out my blog. Uh, Don't forget to post Squim, the slow quilt movement mascot on your blog. Holly, you also sympathized with me on the February winter blues. And she mentioned that um, even though she hasn't really felt up to quilting, she has been cutting scraps based on the cut the scraps book the sizes that are in that book. And Holly, thank you. You put that idea into my head. I will probably actually do that myself this afternoon because I'm not sure I'm feeling up to working on any of my quilts, but that's something I could do while I'm listening to podcasts or watching something on Netflix. So thank you for that idea. You're an inspiration. And no landscape lady, that was not a picture of me, but there are days that I really do feel that way. (laughs) And Meredith identified the critter as a tapir or taper. I don't know how to pronounce it, T-A-P-I-R. And yes, indeed, that's what it is. As soon as I read that, I'm like, yep, that's the name of that thing. Uh, Lynn wanted to know what I had served with the skillet pork chops that I posted as a recipe last week. And I th- it was very simple because I was trying for a fast dinner. I think I just did rice and some sort of veggie from the freezer. It was not particularly creative. Sorry about that. Um, I would love to hear from folks who have tried the slow cooker oatmeal recipe. A lot of you posted that it looked good. I'm curious to know if those proportions worked for you, what add-ins you included, and that kind of thing. I think, you know, now that we've got all sorts of snow on the ground, I'm going to do it tonight for tomorrow morning. I ate so much oatmeal (laughs) over the two weeks that I was really experimenting with that that I haven't, I don't think, eaten oatmeal since because I kind of, you know, got my fill for a little bit. But I think I'm ready to go back to the oatmeal well. Lori, a.k.a. Litter de Verm, and I have been swapping off who's out of town, it seems. Um, safe travels, Lori, and definitely looking forward to hearing more from you again when you're home, although I know you've been posting a little bit here, so you must be currently home between travels. She is traveling a lot, but plans on being home more in February and quilting more then. Brenda got the um, got the book. Uh, she only used the last name. I don't remember the first name. Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. I had talked about that book as one of the two on a Donation Quilt Wednesday post a couple of weeks ago. Um, she got that book out of the library and she says within five hours she had a centerpiece for a Donation Quilt. So there's another thumbs up for that book. That's a great resource for doing um, fast but attractive designs. And apparently Diane and I share an obsession with 3M command strips in our sewing rooms. (laughs) She even gave me a new idea about how to use them, and I thought I was using all the ideas I possibly could on those. I've got 3M command strips all over my room. Um, Diane uses the one that's like a clip above the wall on her cutting board to hang up the pattern that she's working with. And that's just a fantastic idea. So as soon as I read that, I started eyeing my walls to see where I might be able to do the same thing. I use those, if it's the same clip I'm thinking about, I use those actually to hang up my quilts on my walls. Um, because I'm rarely, you know, I'm not hanging up really heavy bed size quilts. They're, they're wall hanging. So I just use like 
three to five, depending on the size of the quilt. And that way I can move my quilts all over the house and I don't have to worry about what size they are because you're just using the 3M strips with the clips. I think I talked about those command strips way back, way back, maybe even two years ago in an episode I did on organization. But maybe I'll revisit that topic again. After all, I'm almost up on two years. Can you believe that? I've almost been podcasting for two years. My uh, anniversary is in March. I think it's like March 28th or something like that. It's hard to imagine. So anyway, that's it for today's episode. Again, those of you who are going to be at the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival, make sure you meet us at the Waterfall in the Convention Center at around 11.30. And as I get more information on whether or not we might have another space, I will certainly present that. But for now, that's where we're going to meet. Otherwise, have a wonderful, wonderful time. You know where you can reach me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. I've got a blog. I've got several. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Pinterest, friend me on Goodreads. You can like our Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook. You can join our Flickr group. You can join the Big Tent Quiltcast super group and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup. Um, I'm on Seamed Up, Stitch Talk, Tom Spoolery, sometimes Google+, although rarely, and the newsletter which will be going out again probably in the next week. And um, Akiva team, and you will find links for all of that and a whole lot more at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. So until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.